is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We're going to talk to Coach Chiesa coming up here momentarily. Coach, of course, uh, first got to know Michael Conley um, back in his days with Memphis. So we'll talk to him about uh, his, you know, Mike's decision in his offseason. Of course, we'll get Coach's thoughts on the finals as well. Let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. It's no mystery. Utah's in extreme drought. That is why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at smartrain.net. Of course, he's a longtime jazz assistant coach and our good friend Gordon Chiesa. What's going on, Coach? Jake, I am doing well, Gordon, also. Thank you. Coach, you have a good uh, Independence Day? Have a good weekend? I really did. Yes, I did. And it was a, a fun weekend. I'm looking forward to the NBA Finals tonight, Jake. Just curious, Gordy. What do you do for fun? I'm really a big movie buff. Oh. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, you know, being, I'm looking to go to movies all the time, and uh, I'm um, heading back this weekend to go to movies for the first time in what 16 months. But I watch a lot at home. But I love going to the theater. And then, Gordon, remember those days we used to have a drive-in theater? Oh yeah. What fun that was back in New Jersey, and I'm sure in California. So that's what I do for a, for a lot of fun. You know, Austin does a, a movie show here on yeah. the Zone oh, Sportsnet. And, and he's uh, great at it, uh, and uh, I listen all the time, and uh, it's Gordon. fun. Mo- movies really are really cultural as far as enhancement, just like sports where you learn about diversity and about different ways to see things, and you, you get a certain feeling about a movie or a player or a game. You know, I'm not uh, here to program anything, Austin, but uh, special guest host Coach Chiesa has kind of a, a good ring to it. For but I'd be fun for just one time. I'd love to be an honor. There you go. All right, Coach, uh, let's start off with the Jazz, and then, of course, we'll talk to you about the finals as well. But uh, reports about the Jazz are going to be aggressive in retaining Michael Conley. Gordon and I both think, like, well, yeah, of course. But what are your thoughts on, on the decision now he's got to make as he's a free agent for the first time in his career? Very much so. I would, for the first question Mike would have to answer is that as far as the, um, not the economics of it, you know it's important. He's 34 years old. Where can he play the best? And if that was the case, then it would be Utah, where he's, he's much more comfortable in year number two than it was year number one. And the Jazz need what he does for them. And that gives them a steadiness, a timely shooter, and he plays in lockstep with a Donovan Mitchell. So now, to the next part of it would be the economics of it. What, what can you give him and as far as how many years and how it affects the salary cap and also future the luxury tax and the, the rest of the roster that you need to try to compete in the West. So Mike Conley, he, he's probably worth right now roughly two-year contract till age 36, meaning age 34 right now, I would say on average $15 million a year, and that'd be more than a fair contract, and that'd be a win-win. Now, does Mike County think that? We'll find out. Hmm. Why is he so important to the Jazz? Jake and I were talking about that, Gordy. We gave our opinions. I'm interested in yours. 
well, he's a timely shooter, so he doesn't think shot as far as offensively. He thinks making a play. So that is absolutely positive. But he can make an, enough open jump shots and threes, keep the defense honest. He's a ball mover and passer. And now defensively, even though he competes, that frail size, I mean, as far as upper body strength, he gets in trouble. So what he gives the Jazz is that it, it allows Donovan Mitchell to play free flow some of the time. With Donovan, there's so much pressure on him to score the ball in clutch situations and to be a timely passer. With Mike Conley there, that takes away. Mike Conley also plays in lockstep with Jordan Clarkson very well. What do you, <clears throat> excuse me, what do you think of our finals matchup, Coach? It's going to be so many compelling stories. So here's just just a a short um, synopsis as far as what it takes to win to be an NBA title. As far as the team attributes, not the names of the players, this is what you need. So when I say this, this, uh, there's uh, seven uh, attributes. Think about the Suns and the Bucks, you guys. Ready? Number one, you need star power. Number two, speed. Three, toughness. Four, health, five, versatility, six, discipline, seven, luck. That's the blueprint to win as far as attributes. So with that said, who do you like, Jake? Who are you leaning to? Oh, man, unfortunately Phoenix, but I'm cheering for Milwaukee. Okay, Gordon, who are you leaning to? Toward Phoenix. Okay, I'm leaning also to Phoenix in seven games because they have many of those attributes. And that's why it's absolutely critical. Also, I like about the, uh, the finals is that there's new energy. You know, this is the first time in the last 15 years that these three players were not in the NBA finals. They are LeBron James, Stephen Curry, or the late, great Kobe Bryant. So there's a newness about the playoffs where it's the Bucks and the Suns, and they're going to be champions. So I mean, whether Giannis or Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday or, uh, or a Chris Paul for the first time in 16 brilliant years or young uh, star Derek Booker, someone's going to be champions, and I find that very exciting. Gordy, what is Chris Paul proving that he hasn't proved before? That... He can lead a team by himself. So he's always uh, been a, a, a star player, but this is his team. He is the guy that absolutely is the change agent. He changed around the whole team of the Phoenix Suns. Let's not forget now that back in the 2018-19 season, the Phoenix Suns were 19-63. and 63. They were the worst record in the West. Let's fast forward it. Two years later, with Chris Paul being there for this, for this first year right now, they think they could be champions. So what he, what he did differently is that everybody saw, besides his brilliance, how he's able to make the players around him collectively everybody better, including Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. Here's just one thing about Chris Paul, which is absolutely amazing is that in the 14 playoff games this season he's played in, Gordon and Jake, he has 122 assists compared to only 22 turnovers. So he's plus 100 in the playoffs with everyone trying to uh, stalk him and double-team him and bump him and get him off balance. And that's what he brings to the, uh, to the Suns, this unbelievable, incredible ball value, possession-heightened, uh, by the way, how you dare not guard me as far as my middle jump shot. That's what he brings. You know, the thing about that is, Jake, you always tease me about 
stressing turnovers. That's why I like Chris Paul. That's one of the reasons I like him so much. Oh, Gordon, very much. In, in playoff basketball, possessions are golden in that the teams are bizarre when they just come down and fire ill-advised three-point shots. It's even worse. But just jumpers versus what? I'm not saying if you open, don't shoot it. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is that, generally speaking, when the ball moves, the scoreboard moves. When the ball sticks, the scoreboard sticks. Players and shooters, they make open shots when there's more fluidity offensively. And Chris Paul is absolutely ultimate with that, and he's uplifted the whole franchise. So I just I find it very, very fascinating. From the Bucks' point of view, I just described – uh, just to drive Chris Middleton. I know Giannis is hurt right now, so we're, we're, we'll see how what he happens as far as his extended left knee, as far as hyperextension, what happens to him. But Chris Middleton, he has absolutely been sensational, the counterpunch for the Bucks right now, where in the clutch games, he's come through. Here's the two things I want to say about Chris, uh, Chris Middleton. In game five and six, when Giannis was not there versus Atlanta, he goes 26 points, 13 rebounds, 8 assists, and in game 6, in a knockout game, Chris Milton goes 32 points, 4 rebounds, and 7 assists. So both Chris Paul and Chris Middleton, they're absolutely star players. With Giannis, could be the brightest star, but it's uncertain right now. If Giannis does not come back, and I'm glad you brought up Middleton, Coach, do the do the Bucks have an answer? Is it is it simply that everybody needs to step their game up? Is it is it Middleton needs to go supernova? How did the Bucks win? They need Bobby Portis to have a huge game and outplay Jay Crowder. So Bobby Portis is this wild card where he's aggressive, and so is Jay Crowder. So who, if no Giannis, who wins that matchup? Whether it's inside, outside, or outside, inside, and then it's fascinating. Brooke Lopez is a stretch five, but can can go inside if need to and mix it up. He's a 35% three-point shooter, while DeAndre Ayton is the opposite. In playoff basketball this season, he's shooting from the field 70.6%. So a huge factor, can Brooke, can um, DeAndre Ayton guard Brooke out in perimeter, meaning Lopez, and can Brooke Lopez guard in deep DeAndre Ayton when Chris Paul's coming at you on a live dribble with that short corner spacing with that law pass, can he recover or make the right reads? So for the Bucks' point of view, it's got to be the whole team. Drew, Drew Holiday, Middleton, P.J. Tucker, Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez, and a half of Pat Connaughton, half of Jeff Teague, and a half of Bryn Forbes. <laughs> so, Gordy, from a coaching perspective, what do you like about uh, uh, Devin Booker and what do you not like about him? I like everything about him as far as his maturity, that he's an absolutely incredible uh, shooter and shot maker. So it's been very similar to Donovan. So these two guys have their, their skill set is uh, almost a, a mirror where they're much better scorers than shooters, even though they can get knocked down open shots and open threes, but they create plays. So what I like about Booker is that he's fearless shot maker. He's a willing passer, especially on that pick and roll when the coverage comes out and jumps out on him. He throws a wraparound pass, and he's an evolving defensive player. 
So in the beginning of his career, this is sixth year right now, his defense was absolutely indifferent, that's the word I'll use. Now with Chris Paul being there and also with Monty Williams as being the head coach, is that he's made a more emphasis and a personal de facto of playing defense on his, on his men. So that's what I like about him, is that he can score the ball and defend his position. Also, he's an underrated rebounder. So when he gets in, he can mix it up in there with the big guys and get flying rebounds. Coach Gordon Chiesa is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What does it say about the Suns that they can go from not making the playoffs for a decade to the NBA Finals as favorite to win it? It shows you the power of, of smart management, meaning James Jones and the brilliant coaching of Monte Williams. So they drafted very well where Devin Booker, homegrown Jake, 13th, pick in 2015. Mikel Bridges, underrated two-way player, the 10th pick in 2018. DeAndre Ayton, the first pick in, first pick in 2018, as far as DeAndre Ayton. And then Cameron Johnson, off the bench, spark plug, 11th pick, 2019. But now they added Chris Paul's brilliance, Jay Crowder's toughness, Cameron Payne off the scrap heap, Gordon, he was cut during the uh, last year. Anybody could have had him. He scores 29 points in a playoff game after being waived less than six months earlier. And then Torrey Craig, who's a free agent, and I hope the Jets would consider him as far as uh, Gordon and Jake, being that uh, 6-5, versatile defensive wing player. And if you have to overpay guys like that, and so, so shall it be because he, in a playoff game, meaning now he plays for the Suns right now, he can slow down the other team's superior offensive player. So it's smart management, superior coaching, and the right form of players that play as a unit. Man, that's amazing to me when a player uh, it both beats the odds like that and sort of rises out of uh, sort of disrespect all around the league. How many guys out there are there? Are there other guys out there like that, Gordy? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, again, I would say there's so many guys that are out there that are overseas that were in the NBA and now they're 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 uh, right now trying to claw back into it. And then smart management is like I mentioned a guy this morning, uh, Jake and Gordon, to a guy, a colleague of mine in the NBA, about Quincy Acey. He'd be a classic example of a guy that he's 6'9", he plays overseas, he played for the knucklehead Sacramento Kings, so it's always delusionary when you play with, with lesser teams. He's a guy that suddenly uh, good teams would want him back in the States where a one-year contract at uh, what, $2.6 million, he's a 10-year veteran, and that he's a big guy that could play outside, shoot threes, but more, more importantly, move his feet defensively. So, again, the, te- the lesser teams that are always struggling or the good teams get knocked out in the playoffs, most times it's not scoring the ball, it's defending the ball. Just generally speaking now, it's not scoring, it's defending the ball, with the only exception being the New York Knickerbockers who defend, but they don't shoot straight sometimes. They're the only team in the playoffs that would be the opposite of that. But most teams that are knocked out early, they don't defend the ball, and that's where you have to get guys around you that are uh, – either off the scrap heat or, or just overseas. Another guy, Gordon and Jake, Isaiah Thomas. 
all right, who was a five, five, former All-Star who had hip surgery about three years ago. He's bounced around. Again, he'd be a guy this summer that a lot of good teams might like, not as a starter, but off the bench spark plug. Because Gordon and Jake, Isaiah Thomas could score 12 points in a quarter a la Cameron Payne to win a playoff game for you. Coach Gordon Chiesa with us here on the Big Show, 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Uh, Coach, what you know? We talked about Mike Conley. What about the what about the draft? The Jazz have the 30th pick. Is that something you expect uh, them to to be active in trying to move up and down, or do you think uh, maybe they can get somebody there that can come in and be useful? Because there's only so many ways this Jazz team who's over the cap, over the luxury tax, can add players, and that's one of them. Yeah, very much so. It makes it attractive is that that's cost certainty. So the 30th pick in a draft, it's somebody that, that you know what his contract is going to be. So that's positive. So he usually be a developmental player. So, again, they picked uh, Azabuki last year, who, believe it or not, does have talent. So I know everything, everything's up at arms about where you, it's at least going small, small, small. The answer is yes. But you do need some big guys, not the whole roster room, but you had need some big guys. And so the, the Jazz, probably they're looking at some sort of wing player, just generally speaking, a wing guy that could eventually develop into a, 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 um, a, a, a player that could play as your eighth or ninth or tenth man after jackpot, he becomes the fifth starter. Again, it so much depends on where you're drafted and what's the preconception of your abilities. And, at, and the draft of listeners right now, uh, that's going to be in July, um, definitely going to be July 29th, so we'll see it. And then comes the real offseason free agency, which starts on August 2nd, and the players start signing on August 6th. That's how you really improve a good team uh, via free agency. That's one of the things I find really, really interesting about, we were talking about Cameron Payne and, and others like him that have real talent who can thrive in the NBA given the right circumstances. But finding them and identifying them, and same thing with the draft, Gordy. I mean, when you hear about players like uh, Terrence Mann going 48th, and uh, uh, well, there's a zillion examples, you know, the Joker. I mean, these guys are out there, but the problem is identifying them. And I I don't know how you, you talk about luck. Maybe that's part of what goes into it. Well, the element of luck, but also so much is is how you, I call how you feel a player, like how you feel them. When I, when I, I always try to watch players and study them on the lesser teams because if you're playing hard on a knucklehead team, that tells you that you have character. And when you put them in a, a better working environment, like any business, what's the work environment? What's the workplace? And so if a guy does play hard and tries to share and care as far as winning, I want him on, quote, my team. So you're getting back to Joker as far as the Nikolai Jokic. Um, he was the 41st pick of the draft in 2014. He is the, uh, the highest draft pick ever to be named MVP of, of the NBA which shows you that they, they, picked, they picked them right as far as back in 2014. How do you find them? It's, you, you grind it out, you have a meaningful discussions, and then you try to visualize who, who, who can outplay. A lot of times when I mention about players, uh, the first reaction is, oh, he can't, he can't outplay so-and-so as a starter. Often what you're saying is that off-the-bench guys, they're such value contributors. So when you evaluate them, so someone like Cameron Payne, so it would be a classic example is that you evaluate him 
eight minutes as against the starting players and 14 to 15 minutes versus the reserves, can he impact the second quarter and the beginning of the fourth quarter when the majority of the starters are not in the game? So, again, the Suns, the, the two of their key guys off the bench, Cameron Payne was waived and Torrey Craig, defensive player, was undrafted. And just shows, and then Jay Crowder, who starts for them, was the 34th pick of the draft in 2012. So these are all things that the better teams they get right the majority of the times. Coach, I understand you have a list for us today. This list today, uh, Jake and Gordon, is an out of the NBA final, which I had the privilege to coach in back in 1997-98. And I remember all these guys, and one of the guys who we played against, to say the least. This list is um, two or more MVP final winners. So the MVP the finals two or more times in the history of basketball. There's only 12 players ever to be named finals MVP twice or more. They are. With two MVP titles, they are... Kareem Abdul-Jabbar with the Lakers and the Bucks 1-2. Larry Bird with the Celtics 1-2. The late great Kobe Bryant of the Lakers 1-2. Akeem Olajuwon of the Rockets won two MVPs. Willis Reed of the Knicks won two MVPs. And then two, two current players, we all, we all know and respect, Kevin Durant won two MVP final with the Warriors. And Kawhi Leonard also won two, one with the Raptors and one with the Spurs back in 2014 when he was a young guy. Uh, the next, next group, these players have won three MVP finals. They are Magic Johnson with the Lakers, Shaquille O'Neal with the Lakers, and Tim Duncan of the Spurs. The second most ever MVP final winner, he plays for the Lakers as we speak right now. He did it four times, LeBron James Two with the Heat, one with the Cavaliers, and one with the Lakers. And the all-time leading winner of the most ever Finals MVP award winner is Michael Jordan with six of the Bulls. Pretty good. Yeah. So it just shows you, Jake and Gordon, how hard it is. These are elite players. And the last point about this is that the first, le- first MVP of the NBA Finals wasn't given until 1969. Up to that point, there was no MVP in the Finals. The first guy ever to do it was Jerry West. And ironically, he was named MVP of the NBA Finals, losing to the Celtics with Bill Russell last year in the NBA and Sam Jones. How about that? Always learn something from me, Coach. We appreciate you jumping on with us as always. Thanks, guys. Peace out and stay well. I got you, Coach. Our friend Coach Gordon Chiesa with us here on The Big Show. He jumps on with us on Mondays. All good stuff. Yeah, I wonder what the Jazz are going to do with the draft. That's interesting. I heard Locke I, talking about that today, that they, they'd pretty much be crazy to stay at 30. What's his thinking there? You're not going to get an impact player, but it's still a guaranteed contract, which means it's going to cost you, what, triple because you're over the luxury tax. So Is he suggesting get out? saying either get out or move back to the second round where it's not guaranteed or move up to get a player that's going to come in and contribute and be worth the guaranteed contract. I wonder how high they'd have to go in order to do that. That's that's the thing. This team is not that far away, especially if they get Mike Conley back. Uh, you know, should you strike while the iron's hot? 
I think you have to. I mean, honestly, and we can, we can dive into this a little bit more coming up next, but listen, if you're going to pay the tax, you don't want to be the Knicks years ago where you're paying the tax over and over again yeah. and you're losing a ton of ball games. I mean, if you're going to pay the tax, better be worth it. Right, and so... So if, if you, you don't think you're there, then... Sorry, we're doing yeah, a step no, on no. you there. If you don't think you're there, then you, you probably ought to break some stuff down and figure something out, right? Well, it's it's my inclination to say, hey, you missed it by this much. Do something that would enable that. Now, I know that's easier said than done, but I would be motivated to get something somehow, according to the expertise of my people, to, to, to want something to close that gap because the Jazz are one of the best – well, technically they're one of the best eight teams in the league, and they're probably higher than that. Uh, so what can you do now? Otherwise, it just sort of plays out over a long period of time, and you're – how are you going to make progress? But that's why the draft is interesting, right? Because there's pretty much nothing they can do Well, other than what are you going to do with that 30th pick? There's also the whole idea of what we've talked about in the past with the Jazz from season to season. How much better can uh, can Donovan Mitchell get? How much better can Rudy Gobert get? I want to remind you, the Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Listen every day at 1.30. Hanson Scotty will announce another member of the Top 60 players in the state of Utah as we count you down to the start of the college football season. It's the Top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon only here on the Zone Sports Network. We'll have more for you coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Presented by Big O Tires. With the lowest price on every tire every day. With no credit needed financing options available. Big O Tires. The team you trust. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for a little What's Going On, part one. We're going to do it uh, here at 3.30 and then uh, at 4.30 as well. So we'll check in with DJ and PK here and Hanson Scotty at 4.30. Sound good to you, Gordon? Yeah, it's all good. And Gordon did tell me during the break that he has a fun fact to squeeze in at some point during the show. I do. I do. Gordon's Fun Facts. Fun facts with Gordon. I feel the, like we should put a time on it to tease. This actually has to do with sports as well, and it's something that I don't know how many of our listeners know. So, should we put it after the updated the market update at three fifty? Sure. All right, let's do that. There you go. That's a tease. Okay. Gordon's fun fact at three fifty. Maybe we should make it a regular thing. <laughs> well, yeah, I've got plenty. DJ and PK have Steve Cleveland, the former BYU coach, on their show every week. A little basketball analysis. He, he's he been great, by the way. How many years has he been doing it? Four or five with those guys. And yeah, Steve's uh, good. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, but here's Coach Cleveland talking about the uh, NIL pros and cons. Steve, you coached for a long time. J.C. Ball, BYU, Fresno State. The name, image, and likeness thing has been coming for a while. And now the first few days in, there's deals cut almost immediately. Where is this going? Can you give us one or two unintended consequences of this? Because we're sure there's going to be a lot of them. Well, look, I, I think the first thing is how you legislate it and how you administer it. And... Uh, there's so many things that they still don't even know that are going to happen. I mean, we just 
and I'm not an expert on this. I've read what you've read and uh, trying to get an understanding. And I'll be honest with you, I I don't think it's going to impact that many athletes, to be honest with you, when it's all said and done. Uh, I'm sure the really elite athletes, there's going to be some, you know, there's a benefit to them in some situations. But if if young people are thinking that people now are just going to line up and want to give them money at a time when uh, we've gone through so many things uh, in life here with COVID and businesses going out of business and this and that, that I, I think it would be foolish to think that that there are going to be a lot of student athletes that actually really benefit from this. I, I suspect there will be. You're, you're opening a Pandora's box here where we don't know what the consequences are. And certainly I, I get how the legal system came to the point where they are. Uh, but I, I'm just not sure. I'm guarded watching this to see how it's going to play out. And there's so many unknowns. And, and maybe because of my conservative nature and never really, I mean, you know what? They're, they're, it's true. I mean, the, these young men, I, I remember, I mean, it's different today even than when I was coaching. I mean, you couldn't buy a kid a meal. You, you couldn't get a milkshake for him. You couldn't. They, you couldn't send them home when they had their parents were sick or ill. I mean, there were so many restrictions that everything was a violation. Everybody said, "Well, yeah, we, they run a." Nobody was running a clean program because there was unintended things that happened in every program that led to sometimes more serious, you know, ramifications. But at the end of the day, you you look back in the '60s and '70s and '80s, '90s, the, the student athlete was wasn't given a whole lot, you know? I mean, yes, there was opportunities, and you could say, oh, they got an education, you know, and all of those things, but there were a lot of things we couldn't do that made it really difficult. And now all of a sudden we've gone full circle where the perception is that they can be paid, they're gonna make money, they can get, have, you know, contracts with uh, businesses and things and anything that, whether it's jersey, the likeness of their jersey or their face or whatever it might be, Man, it, it, and I, I know this is something they've been thinking about, and a lot of smart people have kind of gone forward with this thing, but I have no idea how this is going to play out other than I, my gut feeling tells me that it really is not going to impact that many people. Now, I, you know, a year from now we have this conversation, and you see you are dead wrong, but for me, from the outside looking in, I just don't see how many young people are really going to benefit from it. I wonder at a place like BYU if they could benefit it more than other schools because of the religious connection. Uh, you look at these guys when they go on into the pro ranks. Like you can't drive around. You may have noticed it because I know you spent some recent time here with your son along the Wasatch Front. You see pictures of Taysom Hill and Daniel Sorensen of the Chiefs and of the Saints. I don't even know what they're advertising, but I see their faces on the billboards, and there is that connection because of the religious connection. And certainly we understand a kid like Jimmer. If this would have been around in Jimmer's day, yeah. My goodness. I mean, he would own <laughs> half the town. Uh, so exactly. that's that's a high-level exception. But I wonder, because of that the LDS connection, if that could pay off a little bit more because there would be a closer association with that kid. I, I think there's, there, there could be because there is a connection, not just as a student-athlete, but uh, they, they share the same faith. And, and it's a very connected group of people worldwide. And so, yeah, I, I think that possibly could connect. And uh, they have passionate fans, as all schools have really passionate fans. But 
most schools, I mean, you know, if you're at Notre Dame, I'm not sure that every young man that is a student that goes to Notre Dame is a Catholic, but there is a connection there as well, you know, where, but that, that's a different situation. Whereas in Utah, the, 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 a lot of the membership of the church lives in, in the West, and, and specifically a lot of members in the state of Utah where BYU is. And so, yeah, I, I could see that where there's such passionate fans that they may look for ways to, yeah, you know what, uh, I, I think we support this young man, and we'd like to have him represent our country, our company. So I could see that happening more there than, than I would at Fresno State where I live and watch. Right. And, uh, and there's some high level Aaron Judge playing for the Yankees, who was, was a baseball player there. You had Paul George playing basketball, Derek Carr playing football. Those were all high-end you know, uh, professional athletes. But I, I don't see that community re- at, at any time really being in a position to do the things that they're asking to do because it's it just they didn't get that kind of support. So most of their notoriety money was made at the next level. And uh, But you never know. I mean, I, I know there's two twin basketball players from Fresno State who have like a gazillion followers on Twitter and this and that, and they're trying to, to make money out of this thing. So... I guess it can happen in every community, but there's a big difference, for instance, in the two communities that I live in terms of the relationship between fans and players. And uh, and certainly I could see that at BYU uh, because of the church. Not because the church has anything to do with it, but because there's such a connection. All right, there you go. That's Steve Cleveland uh, on with DJ and PK. I think that's a really interesting angle to the NIL thing that I didn't think about that, uh, that PK brought up with Coach there, the, the church angle. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there is a connection. That's the word they were using. And uh, that might uh, that might carry a little, little something-something. Because when it comes to marketing, I mean, you know, it's it's we talk about the connection fan base has to team all the time. You know, it's, it's one of the unique things about sport. Well, there's a little extra to that when it comes to BYU because there's a religious angle. So, you know, can will that benefit players more? Because of that little extra dedication to, whatever, whatever. Yeah, I can see that. And your your brand is going to be a little bit more spread across the country. So what's it going to look like then? Let's imagine that for a second. You're going to have a BYU athlete. What pushing Siegel book? <laughs> I was going to say Deseret book, right? Or or how about like some sort of. Uh, no food preservation operation of some sort. Uh, what else? What else would it be? Come on, Austin. What else? What else would be a good caffeine-free Coca-Cola? <laughs> that's all. No, no, Coke is okay now. You're good with the times. Yeah, that's you? what the contract says. Yeah. Um, hey, you can even get regular Coke uh, down on campus these days. Or if I sneak it. Uh, from the cooler that's in the back room that nobody knows about, except for the few. So now that that, that is not the thing, is it an espresso machine in the back closet instead of a cooler full of Coke? Espresso. Oh, duels. Yeah. I, I know nothing. The Mormon beer. <laughs> I know nothing of the Is there some machine. secret barista in uh, <laughs> in Lavelle Edwards Stadium that's, uh, that's supplying the elite with the uh, illegal beverage of the time? You look at someone, you say, the rain in Spain, and you tap your right. nose, and, and boom, boom, you get a, yeah. get a some, cappuccino. Get some green tea. <laughs> How about uh, how about yeah? I think church books maybe. 
You know, because think about it for a second. You have some quarterback at BYU who's living right on and off the field. And uh, he might, he might you know, say, hey, you know, I didn't just get here by falling out of bed. I got here by... Prayer. <laughs> some kind of formula. But you know? I, how about this? Uh, you know, how about Mr. Mack, you get... Uh, uh, you know, BYU player before they go on their mission, or even Utah for that matter. Where I think Britton Covey played for a year, then went on a mission, right? Mr. Mack <laughs> decking <laughs> him out for the mission, hey, whatever. Yeah. And if you got a star, him, if you have a star quarterback who didn't go on a mission, he could say, yeah, uh, you know, this is this is would have been good gear that I would have worn had I gone on one. Not sure that's the right marketing approach <laughs> not, there. Not sure that's what we really... say, You know, it's good for who it's for. Don Draper, leave it to us here. We got this one. Uh, what else? You know, those forward thrust shoes people used to wear, you know? The forward thrush? thrust? Thrust? Uh, some sort of shoe that used to propel missionaries forward, easy to walk in or something. Isn't there uh, LDSsingles.com? Oh, there's that an idea. That could be mine right there. Mute, the new one is Mutual. Is it? That's the name of the new one. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, and I'm single, and I'm the BYU quarterback. And there's a drop. And I'm ready to mingle. Have at it. <laughs> the possibilities are endless. All right, stay tuned. Market update. And worthless. And Gordon's fun fact next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the Top 60 and 60. Weekdays at 1.30. Presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON. On your home of the best college football coverage in Utah. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Oh, hey guys. Jake here for my friends at Peach Window and Door. Listen, the good folks of Peach, Cindy and her group, they've been Utah's premier window and door retailer combining beauty and technology on windows and doors since 1993. These guys are incredible. Not only the the uh, product second to none uh, custom is what they do if you can dream it they can do it but the way they do business is also second to none they are a turnkey window and door company they don't believe in high pressure sales they just want to get you what you want no subcontractors no ghosting they'll take care of your window and door needs from sales to their crews installing your windows and doors they guarantee uh, they back it up with guarantees designed to bring peace of mind to satisfied customers. And listen, customer service is what they do. They believe in human-to-human interaction. I know it sounds like a weird thing, but they do. If you call, they answer the phone, you talk to a real human being. Did I mention no ghosting? It's a huge huge deal. They do free in-home estimates. They have 0% interest financing available as well. So three ways to get started. You can go to peachbuilding, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, peachbuildingproducts.com. Find out why they have over 250 five-star reviews on Google. You can go into their beautiful showroom, uh, 2940 South, 300 West. Even just drop by and talk a little basketball, 2940 South, 300 West. Or Call them. Schedule that home estimate, 801-556-1255. That's 801-556-1255 at Peach Window and Door. Hey, 
This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day, with no credit needed financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for another market update brought to you by TridayTrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Visit TridayTrading.com. We've got a fun fact coming up here shortly. But first, how did the markets do today, Gordon? Uh, Jake, uh, the markets were kind of had an off day a little bit today because of uh, uh, uncertainty with the oil prices and uh, China's crackdown on on. Uh, companies, Chinese companies here in uh, the U.S., and a couple other things I bore everybody with, but the Dow was off 208 points. You can't send somebody to a funeral home who's not dead. The NASDAQ was up over 24 points. <laughs> That's funny. And the S&P was down... 8.8. I just thought I had a fun fact. I did not. <laughs> but Gordon does. On I to do. Gordon's fun fact. Can we get Gordon's the yeah. fun facts? Fun facts with Gordon. All right, Gordon, you have a fun fact for us. I do. And uh, I mean, this is, isn't exactly a secret, but let me see. Let me ask you a question. There are two NFL players who could win an NBA ring. In uh, in the uh, in the finals, depending upon who wins, who are those two players? I have no idea. Like part of the ownership group? What I know. Are we talking about? I know one. I think. Who? Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald is a has a little teeny part of the Phoenix Suns, and uh, the the uh, the Bucks one is kind of awkward. I forgot he was oh, part of it that. Oh, is it Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers the, owns the, 1% of the Milwaukee Bucks. The worst Jeopardy host ever? <laughs> that I guy? He, I thought he was fine. Another great game today, closing out the week. Ugh. Get a personality. <laughs> what is boring? So think about that for a second. <laughs> think about that for a second. That... Aaron Rodgers might not win another ring with the Green Bay Packers, but he could win a ring with the Milwaukee Bucks. Kind of. Well, he gets a ring? An actual ring, that's true. He's a big Bucks fan, obviously. How much did he contribute to it? 1%. He used to go to the games all the time with Danica. I don't. I haven't seen him in any games. No, here, of here's, late, though. here's oh, what I like. In this picture, he's sitting next to some guy who looks a little like Fred Flintstone. Here's honestly. Here's what I like about the Dwayne Wade situation is, and I I believe that this came out in reporting. If it didn't, and I'm just uh, hashtag fake Making news. So I, I apologize, <laughs> but I believe he bought in for over 10 percent of of the franchise, or at least a more significant portion. And at least, Gordon, if you've heard any different, please tell me. But uh, it, Ryan Smith is, wants Dwayne Wade to be active, not just here's your seat on the front row, but to be a particip- participant in the ownership process. I think. Well, I mean, I think uh, Ryan thinks that Dwayne Wade knows a thing or two about basketball. Right, right, right. But I don't think Aaron Rodgers is that for the Bucks. 
Nor do you I think, think you think he's just a figurehead. Nor do I think Larry of... Fitzgerald is that for the Suns. Yeah, I think they're there to sit in the front row. Yeah, I do. And um, for and for the I'm... Suns to say, hey, look at the celebrity we have as part of our ownership group. Well, Woo-hoo. I mean, the advantage that Dwayne Wade has is that obviously he played in the league and he yeah, won there championships. Are, there are other NBA players with ownership stakes in NBA teams that I don't think are active. As part of the franchise. Does that make any sense? Like Shaq owned part of the, the Suns. Or the Kings, you're right. And uh, Grant Hill owns part of the Hawks. Oh, okay. And those guys are, you know, Drake owns part of the Raptors, right? And this just is his season ticket package. I don't think anybody, I don't think Drake is participating in the running of the franchise. Where I do believe that Dwayne Wade does have that role with the Jazz. Listen to this quote from uh, from Aaron Rodgers from three years ago. Quote, I just wanted to be involved. First of all, because I love basketball. And second, because I've been here for so long, I wanted, besides my Packer connection, just another natural connection to the state that I love and that I've grown up in. Okay, wait, 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 hold on. Can you read that quote again, but do it how Aaron Rodgers would actually say it? <laughs> uh, I, uh, I'm doing it for the state that I love. And I love basketball. And uh, hmm. Here's the rest of it. Uh, I've lived here for 13 years. I've lived here for 13 years. I love this state. I love this state. I'd love to finish my career in Green Bay. <laughs> I'd love to finish my career in Green Bay. Jennifer, we start with you. Uh, tough game today, but let's see how you did in Final Jeopardy. You put down, what is Animal Farm? No. No. He uh, wanted at that time to finish his career in Green Bay. Who has less enthusiasm as a host of a television show? Aaron Rodgers or Whoopi Goldberg? (laughs) Because that's the only thing you have to do in that job. You have to, well, uh, two things. Be able to read and have some enthusiasm. That's it. You don't have to be smart. You don't have to know the answers. Well, You just have to be able to read. And have a tone inflection in your voice to make you somewhat appealing. That's it. Anyone raised or lowered? Raised tariffs. Over to our two-day champion on the end. Scott, did you come up with the correct response? Scott, even when he's trying to be enthusiastic. So it's either Ben Ben Stein or it's uh, Aaron Rodgers? No, you got to be Alex Trebek, man. He sounded like he was interested. He had inflection. He was a, a performer of sorts. He wasn't up there a, a half-living corpse. Hello, Wildcats. This is Weber Cooks. And today we're doing uh, chili cheese nachos. Jennifer, we start with you. <laughs> wasn't that Ben Stein's voice I heard there? No, that was Weber Cooks. No, no, before. There was before, also ben there was Stein. a Ben Stein, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that from uh, Ferris Bueller? It is. Any, anyone? Anyone? Raised or lowered? Anyone? Raised. Do we have this the... This is o- Jeopardy. Do we have the whoopee thing? I own part of the... Well, yeah, but it's... It's long. It's like two okay. minutes of Megan McCain <laughs> for then eight seconds of silence and then whoopee to go, okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. 
No, you just have to. I mean, does anybody think that? Does anybody know anything about Pat Sajak other than he can show some enthusiasm while reading? I'm real, I don't know much about it. Yeah, exactly. Because it doesn't matter. Okay. All you have to do is have a little enthusiasm and inflection. Wait, like, and like, act uh, like you, you mean like Wink Martindale? Or nobody uh, has any idea who that is. He was a game <laughs> show host. Martindale. Look him up. I won't. He he, he was. He was a game show host. And uh, Gene Rayburn. And uh, who else? Peter Marshall? No? Nothing? Uh, who else? Who are some famous game show hosts? Bob Barker? Bob Barker? That's that's a little too recent for Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> he only started in 61. That's a little too Monty fresh. Hall? Who are these who? people? Monty Hall, let's make a deal? Come on, you guys. No, no, Gene Rayburn. Wayne Brady hosts Let's Make a Deal. Gene Rayburn? Nothing? Redbird? (laughs) Man, all you listeners out there who know these Let's see, who wasn't on that play? It was Redbird. (laughs) (laughs) These are classic, classic game shows. Okay. Wink Martindale. Look him up. Gene Rayburn. Look him up. Uh, Monty Hall. He's there. He's these are these are icons. Okay, let me tell you this. I, <clears throat> I have no idea who these dusty people are, <laughs> but I am one hundred percent confident all of them were better at hosting a game show than Aaron Rodgers. Didn't Donny Osmond do the uh, ten thousand thing pyramid, pyramid yeah, or whatever yeah. for the while? Chris Mannix is next. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone.